Years ago, well, last century, uh, I traveled, I, I was a trumpet player. I, I'm still a trumpet player. Um, I still play, just not a lot, and just not a lot in front of people or whatever. The last time I played was Christmas. Uh, usually Christmas morning, you know, all my kids are there and they'll pile up in, in this one room. They're all there. And so normally Christmas mornings, I'll take the trumpet and I'll go in and play a loud rendition of joy to the world <laughs> to wake them. Usually by about the second or third verse, they're, they're done with it. Okay. It's like, okay, dad, you know, but uh, I traveled with, um, a couple groups, um, uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Chicago, our track, <laughs> Blood, Sweat, and Tears. I, uh, it's a little, little side. All right, I'm lying. I'm lying. Okay. But I, I did. I traveled with a couple of Christian um, music groups. One of them was called Festival of Praise. And we traveled uh, in churches. And we did eight a week. That's every night of the week plus Sunday morning. 46, 46 of the states I was in and Canada and... Uh, we traveled, seemed like 60 weeks every year. <laughs> Do the math folks. It just, it just, well, we would, we would sing in a, in a church, you know, do our concert in a church and then we would go home with host families. So if, you know, if you came here, then people would sign up. Yeah, I'll keep some, some of these young people. And, and so, uh, that was always interesting because then the next morning on the bus, we would share about our wonderful blessing from God or our missionary experience that we had, you know, the, the previous night. And I was thinking about this earlier that, uh, I remember we were at this one church somewhere and, uh, after the concert, then we were packing up all our stuff and they said, come back, you know, in the sanctuary and then you'll meet your host family. So there are about five of us that are going to room together that night. And it was a large, large group. We traveled with usually about a minimum of about 40 people on the road all the time. So there are about five of us guys. We'd signed up to room together that night and we meet our host family. And it's just this little tiny elderly lady and just the sweetest thing. She says, I'm so excited to have you and I'm going to cook for you. And if you need laundry done and, you know, and she was all good to go. And so my first thought is the little tiny lady Five of us with luggage, I wonder what she drives, you know. So that was the first miracle of the night. So we, you know, put up, pull out our stuff. And then we're driving along. She's the sweetest thing. She's like Aunt B, you know. And just shortly before we get to her house, she goes, we're almost there. And we said, oh, no problem. And she goes, and I need to tell you something. My husband is not a Christian. Well, we can deal with that. And he doesn't go to church. Yeah, we can deal with that. And he doesn't know y'all are coming. <laughs> so when we get to the house, she gets out and she goes, and I'll never forget this. These are exact, her exact words. She goes, let me precede you. <laughs> Have at it. So when we... Get the signal and we come in the house. There he is. Just kind of sitting there. Kind of looked like the Mucinex guy, you know, just <laughs> kind of sitting there. And 
hey, sir, thank you for letting, you know, and just was grumpy mumbling the whole time. How many of you know that even though that was our host home, we never felt at at home, at home. That's kind of what we want to continue to talk about this morning. Let me tell you one other real, real quick one, though. Went with this host family, young couple, and they got a little boy. And uh, I thought, well, this would be good. And, and I went, I was by myself that night, uh, didn't have any of the other guys. And so they'd signed up to take one. And I noticed this little boy, he's probably about four, just giving me the stink eye the whole time. <laughs> I thought, well, what's this going to be? And I tried to soften up, joking with him, just. So then when we get home, then they're showing the house. Okay, restrooms here, towels are here and all this stuff. And this will be your room. You're going to sleep in little Jimmy's room. Thus the stink eye. So he's just looking at me. And then finally I, I close the door and I'm laying down to bed. And all of a sudden the door opens. It just cracks. The light comes in. He just opened it about an inch and he goes, don't get any sand in my bed. I mean, no, I didn't feel very at home either. Well, here we are on planet earth. And this is not our home. And sometimes we don't feel very welcome here. It's not our home yet. I talked a little bit about it last week and you can read more about it in the last two chapters of the Bible, Revelation 21 and 22. And there's a day coming where this present world and the atmosphere, the sky around is going to be renovated by fire. It's going to be renewed and it will be a new heavens and the skies, atmosphere and earth. And then new Jerusalem, the holy city will descend from God out of it. I'm not making this up. This is not a comic. Okay. This is not Iron Man or something. Okay. This is, this is in the Bible. The holy city will descend from God out of heaven and come down in new heaven, new earth. And then this, this will be home. Like you wouldn't believe we're kind of in between. We're kind of in between because our citizenship is in heaven, but we're here. We're here. And you didn't. And I think part of my biggest purpose today is to get us who are here, though, this is not home. We should not be all mopey and sad and dragging our tail. There should be something about us. The Bible even calls us strangers, aliens, pilgrims, temporary residents. There should be something about us. That truly is alien. That we have a peace that passes understanding. We've got a joy unspeakable and full of glory. We go from faith to faith and strength to strength and victory to victory. How do you do that? How do you get through? You got a wisdom that comes from above. You you got a spring in your step. You've got a sparkle in your eye that because you're connected to heaven. Instead of getting so distracted and lost and detoured in this, in this world that we just moping and sad, I can't wait for heaven. Well, you're going to have to. And in the meantime, if you'll play it right, there's a little heaven to go to heaven in. And we need to know we are heaven bound. And heaven is the habitation of God, but it's also the destination of believers. And if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day. That you'd open up your heart and you'd say, I believe. You'll, you'll never, ever, ever regret that. But heaven is the habitation of God, the destination of believers. And we're on our way. Everybody say, we're on our way. 
So we're heaven bound, but this is what you need to know. But we have help from heaven. We have a great, a huge purpose while we're here. And we're not just supposed to blend in. We're not just to, to be chameleons. Hope they don't find out. No, you're salt. You're light. You're a city on a hill. And you're also sugar. But while we're here, in between, in the meantime, heaven bound, but we need some help from heaven. We should be, I remember my baseball coach in Little League would tell us, look alive! Because sometimes there's guys out there, you know, chewing on their glove. Hat all crooked, you know, looking at stuff, chasing bugs. Oh, that was me. It's like, look alive! And I think as believers, we need to... Because guess what? We are. We are. Amen. Now, Jesus came in, into the world from heaven. We've diagrammed that in the last few weeks. And he did a couple of things. And I really need to draw your focus in on, on a major uh, idea here this morning. He came from heaven to earth. And one of the main reasons that he did it was, was to do this, was to show us the Father. Was to show us the Father. And secondly, to connect us with the Father. Everybody say the Father. Now, let me just touch on this real quick. We'll do some good teaching on this a little bit later. God is one. God is three. Holy Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. These three are one. These one are three. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. I don't do anything except I see my Father. do. I don't say anything unless I hear him say, I'm not here on my own purpose. I'm his purpose. I glorify him. He glorifies me. The Holy Spirit, part of his purpose is to glorify Jesus and to bring to remembrance what Jesus said. I mean, it is all work together. Three distinct entities, but totally one. And it's beyond what our little minds can imagine. So you just believe it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we see them distinctly moving throughout, throughout Scripture as well. And Jesus came. And, and Acts 10.28 says how God, Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were pressed to the devil for God was with him. Right there you've got Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right there. Jesus baptized and Holy Spirit descended like a dove out of heaven. A voice came from heaven, the Father, and said, This is my beloved Son. That immediately identifies two of them, Father and Son. And who I'm well pleased, Trinity right there, all, all working together. And it's just incredible. Our God is awesome. I stand in awe. If we could explain, if we could understand everything about God, he'd be kind of puny. He's incredible. So don't let it bother that you can't figure out everything about God. You can't even figure out everything about your microwave, okay? And God is just, just amazing this way with Jesus, who's fully God. He was with, he was God. He was with God in the beginning. He's the word. It's just, the Bible's incredible. He came to earth. And part of the reason he came is to show us the father and then to connect us to the father. Everybody say the father. Now let's look at this real quick. In John 14, verse six through nine, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to help me, the father, except through me. 
If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He, watch this, he who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? So I love this. First of all, we saw in verse six that Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father, but by him. Jesus is the only way. Amen? And then if we've seen Jesus, we've seen the Father. Part of my devotions, part, I do a lot of other things, but part of it is, is virtually every day for I don't know how many decades now, uh, ever since I was in Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, that's a joke. Okay. I will read portions of the gospel because that is Jesus on earth going going around. And part of what I gained from that is if we see Jesus, we see who? We see the Father. And that assures me more and more what my Father is like. I mean, you know, Jesus went around pushing people down, being mean to folks, stealing stuff off of clotheslines. How many of y'all are not used to humor? Okay. Uh, he went about doing good. Amen. He healed. He helped. He cared for people that the religious people were all snotty about. Y'all hear me? About as rough a language as I used to. But it's just, we see Jesus, we see the Father. It's an incredible thing. And then Jesus keeps pointing us back to the Father. And one of the things that he repeatedly did was to tell you, don't worry. And I want to deal with this subject a little bit today. You say, I thought we were talking about heaven. I thought you we were talking about home. I thought we were talking about heavenly father. Listen, we're not in heaven yet. So there's a lot that concerns us. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of problems. And I would dare say you people worry too much. Let's take an informal, non-scientific survey. How many of you this week have either known someone who worried or you worried yourself? Come on, let me, let me see your hand. And the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, I'm worried about you. <laughs> Jesus identified this. He said, this is a problem. And I, and I want you to hear this, church. This is a problem. Because worry is not just one little thing that makes you feel bad. It's a blocker. It blocks abundant life from flowing through you. It blocks you from enjoying life. It blocks you from being fruitful in life. It blocks you from dreaming. It blocks you from believing. It blocks you from laughing. It blocks you from being strong. It blocks you from being who you're supposed to be. And Jesus gave us the antidote. He said, it's my father. And he didn't, he didn't just say father. He said, you're heavenly father. So there's a connection. We're here. He's there. But Jesus said, I want you to see him. I want to connect you to him. And he said, and if you can see him in the right way and know something about him, he said, you'll stop worrying because you've got to get this blocker out of your life. You've got to get that out of the way. It's, it's too important for us to ignore. It's too important for you to say, well, I'm just, a, I've worried my whole life. Our whole family are worriers. Put yourself up for adoption. <laughs> Run away. It's time we get free from this. Amen. Amen. Jesus said this. Let me, let me point you back to this. 
The antidote for worry was to draw your attention to the character of, of our Heavenly Father, the love and care that our Heavenly Father wants, wants to give to us. Look at this in Matthew seven eleven. Jesus said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. If you then, be, being evil, and he's saying, by comparison with this Heavenly Father, the best one among you is evil. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? You know, Alicia mentioned Greta. Um, she's getting ready for her winter formal and she's all beautiful and I hate it. <laughs> now, I love it, but it's like I now keep a machete by the door. How many of you dads are with me on this one? <laughs> and while Alicia was singing, Oh, how I love Jesus all their life. When I'd hold my little girls, I'd tell them boys are icky. Boys are icky. Boys are icky. <laughs> Not really. The wrong boys, icky. Uh, but she's, she's getting ready to go and she's just getting all glammed up and just, and just beautiful. And then, we were figuring out transportation. And so where they were going to have the, the event, then she was going to drive home after that with some of her friends and all that. So had to get her car there. And she goes, daddy, my car's really dirty. So I, I said, I'll take care of it. And then she goes, and it's almost out of gas. Hey, what's this? <laughs> I don't do it, but only because you're beautiful. No, Father. I didn't just know what she needed and go, <laughs> stinks to be you. All dressed up with a dirty car and no gas. No, but a Father. And in comparison to God, I'm evil. And it blessed me, I'm aware of it, that I could even put my daughter, that she could even have something to drive and then that I could get it cleaned up for her and then put some, some gas in it. You know, I, I thought, thank you, God, that can do that. And then, and I even told her this too, this is the love of a father. Okay. Now, and, and this is an evil father by comparison to God. I took it to the venue where it was supposed to be and I backed it in because she doesn't like to back up. I backed it in and I told her I got it parking space right there and it's backed in so you can just pull out compared to God and Jesus said I want to point you to this heavenly father that you just wouldn't believe and the antidote to your worry is to be assured of how awesome he is look at look at this in in uh, James 1 every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. And Jesus said this profound, get this after all these things, the Gentiles seek Matthew six for your heavenly father. Everybody say my heavenly father, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What things, the things you worry about, 
the things you worry about, these things that come up that trigger you to worry and block out the rest of what really should be happening in your life. And Jesus said this about it. Your heavenly father knows what you need. And he just didn't know what you need. He knows and he takes care of it. I want you to say this with me. My heavenly father knows what I need. Say it again. My heavenly father knows what I need. And from time to time, I keep coming back to this, keep coming back to this because you've got to know this. We've got to know this in our life. In our series that we just finished not long ago, Begin Again, we, we bumped into this. I do, I do this numerous times because we've got to get a hold of this. My Heavenly Father knows what I need. I want you to say it again. My Heavenly Father knows what I need. Now, get, get this and look at me. Listen to me. If you don't believe that, you worry. But if you're assured of that. If you're assured of that, you don't worry. And you get that blocker out of the way. I want to help you this morning to get more assured that your heavenly father, say my heavenly father. I want to help you get more assured that your heavenly father will take care of you so you can stop all this worry and junk. Amen. Now I want to give you some attributes and we could spend a whole lot of time on these, but some attributes of, of your heavenly father. And these are like some theological words. We're just going to break them down, not spend time on the theological words, but, but the meaning. One of the attributes of our heavenly father is he is omnipotent. Omnipotent, which simply means this. He is all what? Powerful. He is all power. He's not just powerful. He's all powerful. That means there's nothing that he cannot do. He's never weak. He doesn't have a day where I'm just not feeling up. He's all powerful. Secondly, he's omnipresent means he is everywhere present at once. Now we can't conceive of that. He's everywhere present at once. Let me illustrate. When you got up this morning, he was with you. He's with you all night long. When you left home this morning to come to church, he was with you and he, he waved and he said, I watch the stuff. And when you got in the car and you're driving, guess what? He's with you in the car and he got you here safely. And then when you got to church, guess what? He's here for you. So glad you're here. He's everywhere present at once and not just for you, but for all of us everywhere present at once. We can't even conceive of this. Awesome. Everybody say awesome. It's not limited by time, not limited by space. Everywhere present. Who? Who? Your heavenly father. And then he's omniscient. He's omniscient, which means he has all knowledge. His knowledge is complete and it's perfect. He knows everything. I said he knows everything. Now, those of you that want to go just a little bit deeper on this, let me do this. He also has what is called foreknowledge. But do not confuse foreknowledge with causation. Do you hear that? There's some things that he knows about, but he's not causing those things. But he knows because he's God. And that's an important thing. We'll come back on that at some point. But he's all powerful. He's everywhere present at once. He knows everything. And here's another one. He's omnibenevolent, which means he is Good. Y'all. I said he is good. All he is is good. 
Let me share a few things. Just look at his attributes. Grace, mercy, patience, long-suffering, kindness. The word God in Saxon or Old English has the same root as good. In 1 John 5, or 1, 5, it says, in him is no darkness at all. Scripture also says that he's only wise, which technically means he always, only, always, only does what is best. God is good. And this is overused, but powerful and worth saying right now. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And we need to know this about our heavenly father. Amen. Because if you're assured of this, you won't worry. And life can start to flow through you and you're you're actually going to fulfill the great purpose that we have here on earth and actually enjoy the ride. Now, I want to move to one other attribute here and, and we'll spend the remainder of our time on this. He is immutable. Immutable. How many of you used that word this week? Probably not. Immutable and it means changeless. It actually means that he does not change. And watch this. He does not change and he cannot change. He does not change and he cannot change. He's not subject or susceptible to change or variation. He does not erode. He does not fade. He does not mutate in his quality, in his nature, in his attributes, in his will, in his purposes. He just does not change. Everything else changes. Everything else changes. Everything else is subject to change. The economy, health, weather, government, hairlines. And if you're laughing at me, waistlines. And gum lines. But it doesn't change. He doesn't erode. He doesn't fade. Our, our front door is, is red. It's painted red. And that's kind of symbolic too. And we've got a front porch. And the way the sun comes on in in the morning, it only goes so far up that door. And Alicia pointed out the other day, she said, about the lower third or fourth of our door is no longer red. It's pink. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I said, well, then paint it, woman. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Sometimes when I get hungry, I get a little foggy. I, you know. No, I didn't say that. I promise you, I did not say that. Um, how many of you know me standing up right here today is proof I did not say that? So, um, um, but painted with, you know, the super duper paint and all that stuff. But you know what? Over time, everything fades, everything erodes, everything, everything is subject to change. Everything, everything except for God. Amen. James 1.17 says this, and we looked at this verse earlier. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Look at this next phrase. With whom there is no variation, no variation or shadow of turning. The J.B. Phillips translation says, and I love this, with whom there is never the slightest variation or shadow of inconsistency. Who are we talking about? Heavenly Father. Your Heavenly Father. He never changes. He cannot change. His character, His nature, His attributes, His will, His purpose, His abilities. 
How many of you know if we see in his word or in the testimony of his people something God has done? How many of you know he's still able to do it and he will always be able to do it? Always. He doesn't change. He doesn't change in his abilities. How many of you know that we can't do all that we used to could do? I'm, I'm 53 now and I got a lot of used to coulds. Talking with some guys yesterday and they were talking and, and we're all tall and we're talking, you know, and talking about dunking basketballs and stuff. And I, I used to could dunk a volleyball. Now I can, I can see the rim. Used to could, everybody say used to could. It's kind of a Southern slash Greek theological term. Okay. It's like used to could. How many of you know you got some used to coulds? Well, let me tell you this about your heavenly father. He has no used to coulds. He has no used to coulds. If, if he ever did anything, it's proof he'll always be able to do those things. That's our heavenly father. Let me read you a couple verses here real quick. And I want to wrap this up with kind of a, a story. Matthew, uh, Malachi 3.6. He says, for I'm the Lord. I do not change. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. And forever the same revelation one, eight, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end says the Lord who was, uh, excuse me, who is and who was and who is to come. What the almighty, which is saying, I am the almighty. I was the almighty. I always will be the almighty in the message. Bible says this, the master declares, I am a to Z. I'm the God who is, the God who was, and the God about to arrive. I'm the sovereign strong. Isn't that powerful? That's our heavenly father. Revelation 22, verse 13. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And in the Amplified Bible says, I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the before all and the end of all. One of his titles is everlasting Father. He's immutable. He's unchanging. He's unchangeable. You cannot, listen to me, you cannot think of God otherwise. To do so means he's not perfect. He cannot change for the worse because he's holy. He cannot change for the better because he's already perfect. He's immutable. Not only is he all powerful, everywhere present at once, has all knowledge, is omnibenevolent, he's only good, but he's also changeless. He's all these things all the time. Jesus is pointing us to a heavenly father that you're worrying about stuff because you either you don't believe or you forgot. You got distracted and got got your eyes off the fact you 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 got turned off to turn to this thing and that thing and forgot. Wait a minute. God's bigger. He's here. He's smarter. He's good. He's always this way. And so God being immutable is a huge, huge thing because that means he's unchanging, which ultimately means this. And and this is where we've been driving all morning. He's faithful. Hear me. The greatest thing about God is he's faithful. If he was not faithful, we couldn't count on him to be powerful, present, have knowledge or to be good if he wasn't faithful, but he's faithful. He's faithful. Now follow me on this. 
No one else really is. Because no one else really can be. Let's say that you're my, my best friend. Yeah, that's overwhelming. Let's say you're my best friend. And you're, you're sick. And you're sad. And you're stuck at home. But you're my BFF. So I tell you, you know what? I'm coming over. I'm cheering you up. And I'm going to cook some soup. Woo! And I can't, but my wife can. But let's say that it's my recipe, my deal. I'm going to cook you some soup. It'll make you feel so good. It is health in a bowl. And I'm going to stop on my way and I'm going to get a pie. I'm going to pick up a pie at this place that you will not believe. And then there's a funny movie. I'm going to stop by the Red Box. I'm going to get this funny movie. And we're, I'm going to cheer you up. And I will be there no later than 1.30, so you be ready. Okay? My love is genuine. I am sincere in my promises and in my intentions. But I am not these things. So I go to cook. I'm subject to all kinds of things because I'm not these things. So I go to cook and the power goes off. My love was still good. My intentions are good. My, my promise was sincere. But I'm not these things. So now the power goes out. I can't cook my soup. All right, I'll I'll find some other way. I'll swing by someplace and get some soup. So I leave and I leave my neighborhood and I'm driving along and there's a tree down in the road. The same tree that took out the power line now is blocking the road. A rotten tree is holding up all my goodness. So I have to back up, turn around, go another way, detour. Finally arrive at place where they got pies sold out well i'm nearby a red box here i'm gonna go get that funny movie i get to the the red box i'm looking for that movie and i can't remember the name of it and so i scroll through looking at some others and nothing even looks good then i get stuck in traffic then i take a wrong turn you follow me i love you I care for him, trying to help you. I'm sincere. I'm honest. This is genuine. But I'm not these things. So I arrive at your place. You're sick. You're sad. You're stuck at home. Here comes your BFF to the rescue. Three hours late. In a bad mood. But I was coming to cheer you up. And the very best I could do was a lunchable. Some powdered donuts and a magazine that I got all at the kangaroo. Why? Because I'm not these things. So I'm not faithful. But he is. And he's the only one that can be. Hear me. He's the only one that can be. We can have the best intentions, the best everything, but there's so many things that would just shut us down and block us because we're not all powerful. We're not everywhere present at once. We don't know. We're not always good. And we're subject to change all the time. But you listen to me. But your heavenly father is all powerful. He's everywhere present at once. He has all knowledge. He's nothing but good. And he does not change. 
And we've got to get a hold of this because, listen to me, that's your heavenly father. That's your heavenly father. And that's the one who knows what you need. And when you don't believe that, you'll worry. But when your heart is assured, or maybe when you are reminded again, you won't worry. And it's important that you get worry out of the way because guess what? We're not in heaven yet. I'm I'm finishing up with this. We're not in heaven yet. And there's a lot of mess and a lot of challenges here. But if we would keep our eyes on our heavenly father in this way, you could stop fretting. You could stop moping. You could stop being fearful. You could stop being stalled. We could get past this barrier called worry. We could get past this blocker that shuts us down called worry. And here's what we could do. Are you with me as I finish? Here's what would happen. If we could get past worry, then you know what you would be able to do? You'd be able to endure. If we could get past worry, you'd be able to overcome. I don't care what it is. Get past worry. Look, look. And get past worry, you'll be able to overcome. When we get past worry, you'll be able to be strong. You'll be able to be centered. You'll be able to dream. Some of you don't dream because, well, the world's crazy and it's uncertain and it's this and this. That's the world. Stop telling me about the world. I know about the world. CNN tells me about the world. Everybody tells me about the world. I don't, I don't have to look very far to see how crazy, how broken, how it's spinning out of control. Everything's unglued. I see that. But in the middle of it is a Holy Spirit from a holy God tied into a heavenly Father who is all-powerful everywhere President wants. And if I'll trust him, if I'll be assured of that, and I made a little list here, I can endure, I can overcome, I can grow, I can thrive, I can dream, I can be fruitful, I can be joyful, I can be a blessing. I'm heaven bound, but I have help from heaven on the way. And it's our heavenly father. It's our heavenly father. I'm just going to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord.